Welcome to another edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast on IB Sports Podcast Network. This is the second Team Turnbuckle Podcast of the week. You can check out on the IB Podcast Network on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. The episode that went up this morning with me, Sam, and Ronnell previewing SummerSlam and NXT. We're going to do our normal episode today. But for those that don't know, I am your host, the Chief Keith Fleming. With me, as always, ravishing Ron L. Tinsley and Sam. I've got serious beef with Alan. How? What's going on? Oh, come on. No, that it's it's all in fun. He is, I, I really, in all seriousness, I really do like and respect Alan. Um, and uh, I would suggest that he go get his fucking shined on King. <laughs> if he would have answered his phone, I was gonna get I was gonna surprise you guys and get him to call in during this and just let him cut a promo and Sam and, and just, I wanted to screenshot your face when you showed up. Ronald, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. Um, again, we had talked about it, you know, touched about it before when we did the preview show last night, really good stuff this week and a lot of really great things that I'm looking forward to talking to. Yeah. Pretty big next three days. Uh, so let's start off the top. Like we do every week, Roman Reigns said in an interview today, that CM Punk was not as good or over as he thought it was. Fair or foul, Rono? Absolutely foul. I think that, and, you know, I know we just touched on this before we had started recording. This has got to be a company thing because, uh, and I also think that this lends uh, more legitimacy to Punk coming to uh, AEW, um, hoping that it's tomorrow, that the big payoff is while he's at home. But, yeah, Roman Reigns is completely uh, wrong here. I've been digging everything he's been doing lately, but, you know, CM Punk is more over than Roman Reigns ever was as a face, so I don't know what he's talking about. Um, I mean, that's wrong, just objectively. <laughs> like, the Roman Reigns is never close to as over as... Uh, as... Um, as punk was as a face he might be more over as a heel than punk was as a face but even that's you know i think that punk sort of especially in the summer of 2011 touched rare air that very few people have of being organically over with the crowd um i and i don't think this was corporate i actually well, think let's not say organically they let him leave with the belt well but i mean they let him leave with the belt because he organically got over with the crowd okay Fair enough. I'm just saying, though, it's not act like booking did. And I know they squashed it two, three months later and made a mess of it. But, I mean, that's it's a pretty big moment they gave him at Money in the Bank. And, and the the corporate uh, thing, I, again, disagree. I think that years ago, Punk did, like, broke his silence and did the Colt Cabana podcast um, where he talked about how he talked about the match that he had. I can't remember when it was between uh, – the shield and punk and punk squash them and or didn't squash we beat them it's not fair and the whole like they were like oh like we're gonna let you we want you to win but we want you to make roman look strong and this was like right before the royal rumble in 2015 and it really just it wasn't good and like that became the narrative it was like, we got to make roman look strong and like i think he's been waiting for a chance to get that shot at punk again all right just to clarify for our give my answer ron L said that He's never been as over as a face as oh. CM Punk. So, oh my bad, I misheard you. I'm sorry, Ronald. 
Got your back, Rano. Yeah, um, thank you for fact-checking me. I'm sorry. And I, I just, and I, oh, that's all good. And I, he, he doesn't care how Rano didn't even say anything. I disagree, oh, though, with, with both of you guys uh, because look at the quote. CM Punk was not as good or as over as he thought he was. That's a fair statement. CM Punk thought he was the best wrestler in the world. It's all he ever talked about. And to be the top star at WWE, like, I'm sorry, that's not realistic for him. Like, yes, he probably was at one time the second biggest star in the company. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if we're talking about Cena, one? John Cena. It was Cena. Yeah, it's Cena. Come on, Sam. Come on, dude. Sam. Cena, I, not, I didn't like it Cena either, was Sam. objectively it was not more over than him. Watching. It's not Cena. over. It's money. It's a business, Sam. Like, Cena wasn't drawing because he was the number one merch seller. For, for such a short time, Sam, come on. Like, small time compared to and you basically also have a 15-year period. Like, you know, Cena was also doing the Make-A-Wish stuff, so he was crossing over to the to the so other side. He's a company guy through and through. You have an Cena anarchist and a company guy through and through. Who are you going to go with? But there was a period where Punk was the most over guy in the company. That's all I'm saying. Okay. But, I mean, he's saying, again, not as good or as over as Punk thought he was. And Punk thinks very highly of himself. I'm not, I, I think it was, I, I do think WWE pushed him to say it because he said that in the interview. And he also said in the same interview that, you know, he respects John Cena and the, all the movies and stuff. And I mean, come on, if he wanted to really heal it up and not, you know, follow company line, uh, he could have hammered Cena about, look, you spent months bitching at the rock about how dare you go to Hollywood and I'll never go to Hollywood. I'll always be a wrestler. And he hasn't touched any of that stuff. And it's because Roman like Cena is a company guy. It's why he's going to win on Sunday. They're going to let him go over at SummerSlam because he's a company guy. And that's sort of what uh, Freddie Prince Jr. was saying in the interview this week is that they care more in WWE about you doing it their way, even if the result is not great, than they do about you doing something not their way or them not knowing what you're going to do, even if it is great. So, again... I don't really understand why he said it if it was not WWE pushing him, but I mean, I understand his point. The other big thing that came out, the report that TNT and Warner media is ready to throw their marketing machine behind Sam Punk coming to AEW. What do you think all that entails, Sam, that they're not doing now? Ooh, um, I don't know. It, it, um, I really don't, I don't know if it means more cross promotion with when the NBA comes back, if it means the, you know, if it means, I, I really don't know. I know that it shows it, that value that they think they have in them. And that's, this is non-wrestling people. Well, that's, and that's, what's interesting to me is that it's him and not Brian Danielson who arguably was just as over and is also less mercurial and more committed to wrestling. Isn't it though, just the fact that he's been gone seven years and he was always sort of Mr. Anti-WWE, even when he was in WWE. So it's just different. I mean, I understand what you're saying about Brian, but I mean, is that maybe why they're, I mean, it's, it surprised me. Again, this is a media company. This is not like these are, you know, Tony Khan, who's a billionaire that is a wrestling fan. And it sounds like they really think Punk is a real asset. I mean, let's be honest, Fox did too, because they went out and got him just to host a, a you know, an after hour show. Uh, well, you know, he's not as ever seen, obviously. But, uh, 
Uh, I'm such a bitch. It's not uh, over. The, the question is, who's the number one guy in the company? I think that the other thing that bring this brings up is that the rumor was just that Dragon's contract with AEW specified that he could go wrestle in New Japan and Mexico. So there's more that Punk might be committed and this might be just AEW. I think that he is also one of the few needle, like they could have just signed two of the only needle movers in Mm -hmm. pro wrestling. And, you know, it's a big deal. The only concern that I have is that like Punk hasn't wrestled since 2014. Really consistently, he wrestled, I think like once in 2014. He's not really wrestled regularly since 2013. He has, and we, you know, he's not a young guy. He he got, you know, really got a lot of injuries when he wrestled. So like, I hope he's, you know, as good as he was, because he was great. Do you think that they could give Punk like the Lesnar treatment? And what I mean by that is less is more. He's not going to have as many appearances. He's not going to have any, you know, as many matches. And therefore, kind of like what WWE did with Lesnar, they're just going to make it a bigger deal. Yeah, actually, you know, as you guys were talking about this and considering that his introduction is going to be on Rampage, it makes me wonder if, I mean, of course he'll be on Dynamite because he has to be. You, you want to get him on as much programming as possible. But I think it may, at least to start off, would make most sense to get him on Rampage where, you know, you just get him spotlighted in a match or so. Um, I like the way that they did their promo packages and in their introductory um, show that, you know, they go the promo right into the match. So I dug that they can do that. And I think that CM Punk would fit well in doing so. Again, could they beat us over the head anymore with the red herrings for those that uh, did not catch the commercial that they ran? It was either going right out, right into commercial break or coming right out of it, highlighting how they were in the United Center. And at the very end, they showed Darby Allen and the, the tag was Darby Allen is this close to being considered the best wrestler in the world. And it's just like, I mean, we've talked about this. People have a, a legitimate right to be pissed if they don't deliver with all the, I mean, the chick magnet shirt and, you know, this commercial, that's just from this week. We've had all the other stuff. They've said stuff in, you know, podcasts, social media. Uh, this better happen at this point. And it, it's, I mean, it's not a coincidence too, right? That it's the Friday right before SummerSlam. You know, you get, I mean, the ultimate shot events, right? Would be able to steal all those headlines or you're talking about AEW going into their second biggest pay-per-view of the year. It's the night before. Sunday. Oh, that's right. You're right. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. And even I, better. I had not thought honest, of that. No. I mean, that's honestly, just the ultimate of, throw the flag in the ground, right? I think that's part of why uh, Reigns had to say that stuff in the interview this week. It's exciting times for wrestling. And again, it, not to it, toot my own horn, I said I really felt like once it got back to crowds, they were going to kick it into high gear. Raw has not, but I feel like everybody else has. Well, the the well, Raw's gotten better too, in fairness. With Punk is if he doesn't show up, like what have they done to like because like if I was in Chicago, I'd just be like, fuck you guys. Like I I that would be I mean, he has to show up. Yeah, why would you I mean, why would you get that arena in Chicago with the history there? With, I mean, he's the one name that would make it sell that quick. All right, let's move. By the way, sorry, yeah. just before you go, and this is like a totally inside baseball thing that I think Gil Martin will get. And <laughs> well, I'm maybe- glad that we're doing the podcast for one person. Let's go, Sam. Uh, two people. It's the, uh, is that instead if they had. Uh, Love you, Gil Martin. Uh, there was a, 
the straight edge chipmunk cp monk in shikara and if he came out i would lose my mind i would like 20 Gil- people would get gilbert it. Uh, so we're going to move on to the superlatives for the week of wrestling. I'm going to start with wrestling on the rise. It, to me, there's only one answer. It's MJF. I, I mean, I know this is going to sound nuts, but I think he's the best pure heel since Flair, and he just continues to prove it. I think I've said that once before on the podcast, talking about, you know, I'll probably regret saying that in the future. We're several months since I said it the first time. I'm even more reassured in my original opinion, his facial expressions, the way he works the crowd, which just so many heels don't do. He is constantly yelling at them, you know, making faces, giving them the finger. Uh, I love that he, you know, grabbed the camera. Um, I, I also just love that he, he always, every single match, he works on the body part that his finisher, you know, puts the pressure on. Ollie Ric Flair did the same thing where Rick would work on the leg. MJF always works on the arm. And for him to get this win, I mean, we all knew he was going to win, right? But it was it was pretty shocking to see Jericho tap out. I mean, that's a big deal uh, to have a guy that established tap out to you. Uh, you know, I, I kind of immediately thought back to, like, wasn't it back-to-back WrestleMania, Cena made Triple H and uh, Sean tap out. I mean, that's no small feat. That is getting somebody over – And, you know, Jericho, you could argue, is the most established star in AEW. It was a big night for MJF. And he's just, he's amazing, man. I can't wait to see. This dude's like 24, 25 years old. Like, it's unbelievable to think how long he's going to be doing this and already how good he is at his craft. Guy never breaks kayfabe either, no matter what. Like, his Twitter, his His parents don't break kayfabe. They said they love him, but he's an asshole. I mean, that's amazing. Kind of might be. Well. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, my wrestler on the rise, and quite technic- quite honestly, it's probably going to be his plateau because I can't see it getting any higher, is Christian Cage. Um, like I said uh, last week, I thought that there was a good chance that he would wind up finding a way to win that Impact Championship. That's a good call. And yeah. thanks to the... Uh, Thanks to the elite, he wound up doing it using uh, what they had wanted to do. So uh, congratulations, Christian, and making us somewhat think that there's any kind of chance that you can win that AEW title. And then he threw the title in the trash can. He said, take this. No, he just retired it. (laughs) Um, The mind, I I wanted to touch on MJF. One thing that, because we're just, apparently we're an MJF fan podcast now. Yeah, Uh, you should be. Was his... uh, was that he you know we we talked about it with that shit ass rap from a few weeks ago that like mjf gets heel heat without doing that kind of edgelord homophobic sexist racist thing and and that's pretty impressive this day and age um mine my wrestle on the rise is a guy who just because i like being right is matt riddle who I could see, I think I mentioned it last night, is yeah. if we got WrestleMania where he and Big E were crowned. I mean, he's just, I said it. I thought that he was the guy who, of that, that I thought that he would be a star in the WWE. I thought that with his MMA background, he has a catchphrase and easy chant. All of those things I thought made him a, exactly what Vince would want. And other than the weed smoking, 
And, you know, he obviously had an attitude issue and he's being mentored by Randy Orton and, and just he, the crowd, like raw without him and Lashley is unwatchable. And Charlotte. Unwatchable. And Charlotte. And, uh, and to, boot, to boot with all of that, there was even talks that him and Goldberg, even though they had had some previous heat, had a, a reasonable exchange with each other uh, when Goldberg showed up on the set. Goldberg was always going to get those hands. Sam, I'm going to get you to give you, maybe your wrestler on the slide, but just remember, if Riddle is winning the belt at Mania, there's a very good chance Randy Orton becomes champion at some time between now and then, and that's actually who he beats to win the title. Uh, so just be careful what you wish for. Who's your wrestler on the slide? So I'm going to comment on that. You don't get that in there. Um, <laughs> I don't think that you have him win the title from Orton. I think that you have him take it from Lashley and you do the whole MMA thing. Like Lashley was an MMA fighter. Um, my wrestler on the slide, unfortunately, is Big E, who I absolutely love. But my nightmare scenario for Sunday is that that's not going to happen that i'm putting it out there and i'm i'm hoping it's not happening i'm helping you put it out there but it is that if this happens like the vincent man somehow is like oh no a podcast said this we can't do it no well unless they're just trying to force the kofi angle 2.0 even worse of you know taking away opportunities i just i can't see that happening and so my concern is is that paul that uh biggie is going to have the the briefcase was stolen by baron corbin and though the likelihood is is that Corbin will try to cash in and Biggie will kick him in the nuts or I don't know, like whatever, like he'll embarrass him. So like he'll pants him live on TV it's because that's what faces do. But uh that's my concern is that Biggie, you know, and I also don't like that he's looking like a goober to Baron Corbin. Oh, they haven't booked him well. I mean, after the feud with Apollo, it's it's been a mess. I mean, he hasn't been used very much, which is just crazy. Well, they uh, frequently do this with Money in the Bank winners where they embarrass them, but it's like really counterproductive. He's like, oh, you'll be surprised. And I just, it. Run out, who's your wrestler on the slot? My wrestler on the slide is Lance Archer. Um, as we saw on AEW Dynamite, he came comes out last night, and uh, he was about 10 pounds uh, lighter, if any of y'all noticed, because I did find out he had dropped the IWGP US title to Hiroshi Tanahashi. And Transitional get- champion. Makes more sense now about that Moxley loss. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know i was kind of hoping that they had had something set up where he would get in the ring with uh, the guy from american top team as well as junior dos santos and um oh my other my other guy i forgot his name off the top of my head but i was kind of hoping the mma guys was going to mix it up and it looks like he's going to wind up getting stuck into a program with um men of the year now i mean don't get me wrong i love scorpio sky and all that but you know considering where lance archer has been and what he's been doing and what we were hoping was going to happen with his iwgp us run just a little short Looks like that was just a reward in his hometown. And like I said, he's a transitional champion. Mons Finn Balor, I mean, he had a match and a contract, you know, with the champ. And now he's facing Corbin probably on the pre-show. Uh, and again, the, the podcast between Ariel, is it Hedwig? How do you say his last name? Helwani. Helwani, thank you. Uh, and Freddie Prince Jr., he talks about Finn and how when he got injured – with the title, WWE just 
you know, Vince, let's be honest. He just doesn't have the faith that a guy that size can, you know, carry the company, be, you know, be the guy. And because of it, and it makes so much sense. I mean, this guy has arguably still the most over entrance in wrestling, despite not doing the entrance that originally got so over in the first place. Uh, and they just keep kind of moving them around, shuffling them around, kind of move them up, to the, you know, into a marquee match every once in a while, and they push them back down. And uh, it's a shame because it felt like on SmackDown it was building to something, and now it almost feels like this is building to something for Corbin. So um, moving on to the face of the week, it's got to be the crowd at AEW. Uh, to have that many people in unison, seeing Judas – you know, because it was banned by, again, one of the, just the best heels, MJF as a stipulation was just a really cool moment. I mean, to see Jericho soak it in, man, the way he did. I mean, it, he he said today on social media that it was one of the specialist moments of his career. He said it after the show went off the air. Like, kudos to the crowd. That was a great moment. And, and good booking because they set that up perfectly. And, you know, the fans rewarded him. It was a really beautiful moment. I mean, there was even people who had actually had all the lyrics printed out just for those who couldn't That's actually great. sing along. The I mean, real MVP. The real heroes. Um, my face of the week is I. I, I th- it's got to be the return and resurgence of RK Bro. Um, I, I absolutely loved how they set it up. You know, Randy was still kind of sticking to his guns early in the show, and just to uh, back up what you were just saying last week. Keith, they are really putting a lot of stock and faith in Riddle, uh, not only pairing him up with Randy Orton, but putting him on the front and the end of the show. So, RK Bro, face of the week. We're in the Bro era now. Sam? Uh, mine was Britt Baker. I thought that... It was a really good promo. Uh, well, and I thought that her match... In, and match. And you match. Know, yeah. With the... I, I have to, one thing that AEW does, and it's WWE does this and it fucking drives me nuts, is that if, you, if you're wrestling in your hometown, 99% of the time, punk in Chicago being the exception of the rule, you were going to get embarrassed. Like every time they went to Oklahoma, it's like, well, we got to, you know. <laughs> Didn't Sasha like lose the belt two or three times in uh, her hometown? Who? I thought Sasha like lost a title twice in her hometown. I feel like there was some time when Bailey was in San Jose and the same thing is, and it's the stupidest thing and having Britt Baker, I wish more wrestling would do this where if you're from a place like let Britt Baker be like, even if you're a heel, let them be massively over in their hometown. Like let people, you know, be organic. And I like that. Did you hear the last line of her promo? I don't remember. it. She goes, you know, DMD and she'll everybody, get it next time. everybody yeah. does it except the new girl. And it's like, she'll get it next time. It's just, she's, what I also she's working on her level match. right now. What I also loved in that match is that, you know, she had played it all the way up where Red Velvet had, you know, injured the hand, took off the brace. So she had to do the finisher with the offhand. Yep. It's great wrestling. Uh, the Hill of the Week, I mean, it's the honorary award, right? It's, it's, ding, it's, ding. A, it's not, me, the chief Keith, it's the real chief Roman Reigns. I mean, just seeing him in the ring with Cena and going back and watching that first time they had that go home promo before their match, I think it was in 2015. You know, he was, he was smiling and fidgety the first time. If you notice this time, 
He just Holy stood there so and really I bad. mean, stared a hole through Cena. I thought he did as well as you can do on the mic for somebody who can't, you know, get away with all the stuff that Cena did. I mean, the one thing that I will say that thinking back, especially seeing it this week and something that RC's mentioned before, I think Sam has too, is that Cena, you know, he does get to break the fourth wall and stuff more than any other wrestler. And obviously if you get to get in those digs that other, if you can take the risks other people can't, of course you're always going to win promo battles. I mean, it, you know, calling rock out, you know, for the, the notes on his arm. I mean, just doing stuff that no other wrestler probably would get away with, but for Roman to stand in there, take all that, the crowd was chanting Roman sucks. And just think about that with John Cena of all people standing in the ring. And it wasn't ironic, you know, Roman Reigns sucks chance where he's the face and they're like, this guy sucks. I, I, I think it's true respect. And also just the fact he's doing such a great job. Uh, can't wait to see him go over, you know, Saturday night over Cena. Who's your hill of the week, Rono? Yeah, for all of the same reasons, it's absolutely Roman Reigns. I just love the way, like you said, he's so leveled up, even with his facial expressions. As the scene is zinging him, he kind of just does the little uh, heelish smirk that Rick Brew just did oh so well. He just that one little half smile out of the corner of his face. He, and he was going toe-to-toe promo-wise with John Cena when he couldn't hold a mic what, three years ago? I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and he did it all without even having to, you know, suit up for the night. Mine is the other end of this, and I've taken the contrary <sighs> position, and I'm not going to rant here. That comes at promo of the week, I promise. Uh, the Cena was the heel. Why, like, I, I don't, dude comes in. Hogan Savage again? Huh? It, 100%. So Cena comes in, says that he's he's been in hollywood he's gonna win the title and take it back to hollywood like fuck you man like we'll get into the promo but like roman was right like roman was totally uh hannibal burris like why are you booing me i'm right (laughs) (laughs) all right match of the week i mean it's got to be mjf jericho uh, I did rewatch. That was a great catch by RC Live. I thought that she was maybe a second late. He's right. Like when Jericho paused, she still did not have her head turned around. So why he wouldn't have used the Judas when he had just hit him with a baseball bat? So we know he's not <laughs> afraid to cheat. It, it was a shame that that kind of you know there was a botch there at the end. But other than that, like what a great. I mean Jericho breaking out the Jerusol. Like to see a guy in that shape where his physicality is now he's 50 years old i mean it really was like kind of a gasp but he can still do that because jericho keeps getting rounder in his AEW, and i just think it benefits the character so much more because you know he's that oh, he, he's slowly morphing into greg and the hammer valentine he, exactly <laughs> i mean he's always been a rock star right and what's more rock star with most of these guys other than obviously the stones who i guess vince neil the they just keep, you know, gaining weight and still living like a rock star. There's a point where the cocaine stops thinning. Exactly. <laughs> so, but I mean, I, I just think it's a no-brainer. That's the match of the week. Ronnell, what you got? I was pleasantly surprised on NXT this week by uh, Ilya Dragunov and Roddy Strong. Now, I've only got to see highlights of uh, Ilya Dragunov uh, from his NXT UK stuff leading into his match with Walter this weekend. So I wasn't really fully expecting. Uh, knowing what to expect and of course Roddy 
Strong is a wrestling machine. And just seeing those two being able to take uh, great mat wrestling and turn it into a pretty brutal match, but it wasn't brutal for the sake of brutality. Uh, I love the fact that Roddy painted uh, Dragunov's chest and it's only a preview to what's going to happen to this kid this weekend. Uh, they wound up uh, getting Dragunov busted open, but you know he still wound up pulling it off. But I, I was very, very impressed with uh, Ilya Dragunov. And I wanted to tip my cap to Roddy Strong because um, I actually think that Roddy might have has a strong case of winning that Cruiserweight Championship. The uh, I, Roderick Strong is part of is one of a handful of guys before I get to my match who NXT has I was never a huge Roderick Strong fan in Ring of Honor. I was not a huge Sami Zayn fan when even Kevin Owens. All of these guys are guys who I've like so like I love Roderick Strong now in a way I never did on which like I'm sure RC's like yeah figures. Uh, my my match of the week was uh, the two uh, workhorses. I you know. He doesn't care how you feel about Roderick Strong. I know. He just doesn't <laughs> like me praising NXT. Uh, was Sean Spears versus Sammy Guevara. Um, I don't like Sammy Guevara as a face. I think he's a natural heel. But I thought that th- that crowd loved him. Doesn't get more yeah. babyface than uh, proposing to your uh, you know girlfriend, does it? At, at home, in your hometown. <laughs> um, I thought that that was – and it was – Sometimes you know you're at home and you turn it up a little bit. Strikes are a little crisper, a little little more leaned in, a uh, little bit bloodier, a little bit uh, it's more bite. I thought it was a great match. It's my match of the week. It reminds me a lot of like Guerrero and Jericho when I first saw them. That like even at such a young age, you know, like not every match was necessarily crisp or great, but you would have these flashes of just like, oh my god, this guy's like really good for his age in the ring and uh i mean the what would you call that the diamond cutter off the top rope that was beautiful yeah it was a, it was a beautiful cutter cutter yeah. i mean he needs to teach a lot of wrestlers if you know if you're gonna do any kind of moonsault or flip that that's how to do it um the promo of the week i've got to give an honorable mention before i get into my actual promo of the week to paul Heyman, who just continues to be the best advocate in the world Go back and watch the Cena and Reigns promo and just concentrate on Heyman, who is just barely in the picture. I love he stands just where you can see him when, you know, the camera goes right at Reigns. Look at the facial uh, expressions. Look at the way he holds the title up. And, you know, the fact that he said, thank him. And it was, I think, the only time he really talked audible enough to where you could hear him was after Cena said he was doing Roman a favor and you just hear Heyman go, thank him, Roman. Uh, I mean, he's just the best. I, I love Paul Heyman. He's doing uh, just unbelievable work. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Reigns has reached this level as a character, wrestler, everything since he's been paired with Heyman. But my actual promo of the week, and I'm sorry, Sam, but it's John Moxley who cut a promo on everybody in wrestling. And boy, he was throwing some smoke he said all these guys from all these promotions want to come here he goes i'm the guy that's been here i'm the one that carried the title through crowdless shows and the toughest year in the business he then proceeded to call out by name practically a quarter of the current roster picking on like omega and the young bucks for their lame ass looney tune jerseys told christian he should have kept his old ass retired because he will destroy him 
This Moxley is the best version of Moxley. The swagger, the intensity. It was like really, truly a fantastic promo. I've watched it three times, and each time I catch just something a little different. And to top it off, I'm almost positive he was actually calling out CM Punk while putting up the main event for Friday's show because the end of the, the, the promo was, I know he was, or excuse me, he said the words are, ask yourself if this is what you really want, if this is really what you want, if this is really where you want to be in top of AEW. It feels like that was a shot to punk and not his opponent's Friday. I just thought it was a great promo. Moxley, I, I agree to the inconsistencies. There's times that he's great and there's times he's not. But boy, when he's when you're getting this Moxley, you see why he was champion for you know nearly a year. It was a great promo. I wish he'd shave his head. That'd be it would make him a lot easier to take seriously if he'd give up the ghost on his hair. Right. All right, Rono. Uh, I almost was going to go with the same thing, but uh, I wanted to uh, give my flowers to Bobby Lashley and uh, Bill Goldberg. Um, this is just classic stuff. One of those, just like you had talked about earlier in the in the go home show, they set it up so that Bobby Lashley better win this week they made they got goldberg to shine like a champion in front of his kid which is basically what he came back for but what really impressed me is that in this time you know there's nowhere for lashley to hide so lashley had to know his lines know how he was going to deliver and he did pretty well going you know standing face to face with goldberg and you know we know goldberg has never been the greatest promo in the world but with the intensity that's been going on uh building up to this thing i, I was just very impressed that bobby just came through and he cut a very clean promo and you know can you make the argument that with the fact that he's had so many big wins post hurt business that maybe what they were doing was they didn't want to have that crutch because, you know, they were using it so much where the hurt business was helping him win. If they were trying to build that monster hill, yeah, you can get the manager that can still help you to cheat, but you don't have two other wrestlers, you know, physical specimen to kind of help you along. I'm not saying I still don't like the fact that they broke him up, but I'm starting to understand like if he, you know, keeps stacking up these wins and this rain goes, that it's only probably helping him in the long run to be kind of by himself winning these matches. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I'm with you. I, I wish, too, that they could have kept Shelton and Cedric, but I'm loving what they're doing right now, and they're making this uh, title reign mean something, which I'm actually totally surprised that it's been this long. And I'm happy that it doesn't look like there's an end in sight, at least currently. You have four minutes, Sam, for this rant. So <laughs> I I hated it. the this promo. And RC thinking that's two minutes too many. But go ahead, buddy. The the uh, I'm gonna set a timer. Hold on. Uh, the <laughs> still counts against you. <laughs> nope. Now we're going. Okay. The uh, promo that Cena gave reminded me of the January seventh, twenty thirteen Rock promo, which is like I was not I was never a huge Rock guy. I was always an Austin guy. Uh, I sort of tolerated Rock coming back. And the promo that Rock had in January 7, 2013, made me really hate Was that it. the cookie puss? Yes. And it was contrasted by the fact that Punk came out and gave this just amazing promo. I bring that up because the CM Punk, I mean, the Roman Reigns promo was so good. And the Cena one was just god awful. You know, first of all, 
Roman's been pushed for six years at most. Not a, that's not a decade. A decade ago, the fans desperately wanted CM Punk to be the guy, and Vincent Mann had to convince Rock to come back to put over Cena. Yeah, he did that call him out, right, what, for five straight WrestleMania? It's like, dude, you had like eight straight for a period there. The 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 other one was that he was like mixing kayfabe and shoot, which I hate. Like, pick you a lane. with the Moxley and Rollins stuff that you ran off Moxley and which again doesn't those big like oh snap lines where Cena was like you ruined Seth Rollins and you ran off like what the like that doesn't make sense at all. Like it felt like they wanted to reference them and it just. Like, I don't know where the hell they came from. Like, there's no storyline basis for that or shoot basis. Um, the balls of John Cena calling somebody else protected. The balls of it. Oh, that is, yeah, it's pot meat kettle. But the, the, the promo style thing that I hate that makes me want to murder a baby face is when they, and this is literally almost word for word what The Rock said that it was like, you don't run this place. The fans run this place. Like, Fuck you. Anybody who has watched the WWE for the last decade knows that the, what the fans want is like the eighth most important thing to the fan, to the company. Um, and then I was going to say the, the history of Vince McMahon run WWE. I mean, there are moments where he cares what the fans want. The, when he talked and then when Cena so says aligns with what he wants. The, the, when Cena talked about recreating that moment where Punk left was such where he talked about and that moment was so great because it was the ultimate what you said earlier Keith about the punk was the anti-WWE guy and he came in and he you know blew a kiss he was leaving with the title it was this moment of the underdog the fans getting what they wanted and sticking it to the man and for punk and for Roman I'm sorry for Cena to talk about doing that with the WWE wanting him to come back to quote serve Roman some humble pie just shows how badly they didn't understand what made that moment magical and the the worst part about that promo was how good Roman was in contrast was that uh first of all Roman kind of hangs a lampshade on what he's going to do where he talks about how I'm going to talk, you know, I'm going to talk you up to beat you which is like also very subtly throwing shade for how Cena buries people um, the, I mean, the goal of a promo too is even the guy that's going to win the verbal battle should be put. I mean, the goal is to put both guys over. Both guys should be able to get put over in it. And to your point, it didn't really feel like seeing. I mean, yeah, he said that you know you're going to beat my ass or whatever, but you know it's going to take his one, two, three. But I mean, it just I'm with you. He gets too much rope. And it, well, it's it's not even that, but it was also that Roman comes in and. and really like hits you with facts and with opinion and with feel you know these like verifiable like gut things like i don't like ran off ambrose and and ruined rollins what the fuck whereas nikki and cena definitely broke up um and it, it just showed that the wwe unless you turn heels into like pants shitting crybabies like corbin where they're just like complete and total goofs that the heels end up being the ones who seem way more like the, the, the heels seem way more reasonable and likable. Like I have no reason to cheer John Cena now. Like it's just amazing how in like four weeks he's ruined 
himself for me. Well, I, mean, I, I will say in his defense in WWE's, the lines that I saw the most shared over and over again was particularly where he talked about Moxley and Rollins. And that's, I mean, let's be honest. That's why he said it. They're selling, a, you know, a main event. All right, real quickly, storylines to pay attention to. I mean, what did we talk about earlier in the podcast? What have we been talking about for weeks? It's CM Punk. Where else is it? Uh, tomorrow is August 20th. We're going to find out tomorrow if the reports have been true for, I think, a month that Punk was going to show up in Chicago and it's reaching a fever pitch. Like, I had thought about, you know, wow, what a way to kind of steal WWE Thunder going their second pay-per-view, but I had not even put it together until, you know, we Sam mentioned at the beginning, oh, yeah, they're doing the main event on Saturday. So it's going to be the day before, and I just, oh, I mean, I, I just can see it would not be a good day to work in WWE if he shows up and it's, you know, trending on Twitter and it's, you know, it's all anybody, it's, it's on Sports Center and it's, I mean, it just, Oh, it'd be a bad day for anybody near uh, probably McMahon. But uh, Ronnell, what's your storyline? Uh, I'm banking on RK Bro winning these tag titles at SummerSlam uh, this weekend. So, that being said, who do you who would you like to see uh, challenge RK Bro for the tag titles? Because I was thinking about this leading into the show. We're a little thin on tag teams on the Raw side. I mean, drafts coming up though, right? Yeah, that's what else I was considering. It's got to be the draft coming up because, as it stands, I could only really think of Mason T. Bar, Mansoor and Ali, the New Day, um, Viking Raiders, RK Bro, AJ, and Omas, who still technically isn't even really a tag team. Oh, it's thin, but I mean the storyline right is Riddle and Orton. So I, I mean. Not to, I think at least for the first few months, it's not going to really matter who they're facing. The story is going to be like, are they going to implode? Uh, Sam, what, what's your storyline? Mine's piggybacking off of yours a little bit is that who Punk is going to feud with, he's going to be Darby Allen. Well, but okay, fine. It's Darby Allen, but Darby Allen's a face. I mean, are they turning him heel? No, I mean, I would think, why wouldn't you just let Punk be Punk? Because I mean, they're going to they cheer Punk. Lot, they do a lot of face-on-face and heel-on-heel work in eight. That, that is fair, too. Yeah, that's true. I just think that that by virtue of putting him against Punk, it's going to turn him heel. That's just going to happen. Well, that's okay. Because I mean, he turn on Sting. Yeah, that's the other thing, is I want to see Punk talk some shit to well, Sting. I mean, what, what, what did you justifiably bring up is, you know, the ring rust and everything. What guy in AEW right now would you say, you know what, he'll make Punk look like a million dollars? It's Darby Allen. I mean, there's there's not a move that he can't do physically on him. Darby Allen bumps like nobody's business. I mean, that that's a perfect first person. And because Darby, you know, started, I could just see Punk coming out there and, you know, you keep that tag out of your mouth and here we go. Uh, all right, you got anything you want to plug real quickly? Uh, I'm going to plug the You Got a Minute fan podcast, um, fake rivalries aside. Uh, I'm going to plug the uh, Patreon. It's $5 a month, pays for itself. Group's a lot of fun, even if I'm having a bit of a mental breakdown. (laughs) 
Uh, I'm going to plug the IB Sports pages uh, on Facebook, and I believe IB Sports is also on Instagram. Um, yeah, uh, join the join the groups. Uh, also, join the Team Turnbuckle Podcast group as well. Uh, follow Team Turnbuckle Podcast on Twitter. I promise I will be joining the Twitterverse soon enough, just so that I can keep up with the with the podcast. Follow on Twitter. So help Love us it. out. And then just one more time, the Ivy Sports Podcast Network available on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. Again, there is a ton of podcasts coming out right now. You got the You Got a Minute Fam. That's weekly. Uh, Alan and them are doing baseball uh, podcasts. We got college football preview podcasts, uh, the fantasy football weekly, the weekly daily fantasy football podcast. We'll get going here soon weekly. Um, again, please share them. Uh, if you don't subscribe to them, subscribe to them, rate, review, and we just appreciate it. But for the Chief Keith Fleming, Sam the Shooter Howe, and Ravishing Ron L. Tinsley, this has been a special second episode of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast this week on the Ivy Sports Podcast Network. CM Punk, CM Punk.